Hello, I'm Adam, he's Alfred, and this is the Rattle On Podcast. Should we talk about movies? Which ones, Alfred? <laughs> should we start, since we're already in the shit mood, should we start with the shit one? Yeah, well, I suppose. Oh, should we go in chronological order like the original plan was to? <sighs> oh, whatever, I'm just going to... I'm going to talk about it. Hello, listeners. It's me. It's Alfred. <laughs> this sounds like it's been cut in. It's not. I've just got such a svelty voice. Svelty. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Avengers Infinity War comes out next month. And in the lead up to it, Adam and I have decided that we're going to watch some Marvel Cinematic Universe movies and talk about them on the podcast. But rather than doing the usual old shit that every other fucking podcast is doing and watching all of them and talking about all of them, which is like, that's like 18 films, and I I can't be bothered with that. No, I, um, I could barely be bothered with one that we had to do. Me, yeah. <laughs> well, we've decided we'll, we've picked three MCU films that we really like, or rather, or, or, or ones that are overall considered good. And um, we got on them each, so, so com- each different yeah. phase. It's a combined top three, really. It's a combined top three and with a film from each phase, and then the reverse of that, which is another film from each phase, of which we despise. <laughs> I didn't um, realise it worked out so well. It's almost as if we planned that and we didn't. <laughs> almost. That said, I'm not sure that the ones we dislike are actually from each of the three phases. Ah, who can, you che- can you check? Well, no, because I want to tell the people. Hang on. Oh, I can do it. I'm doing it. Wait for it. I'm going to tell you all about it. Um, so, here we go. Oh, yeah, they are. Oh, no, they're not. No, I don't know. No, two um, of them are from phase two. Yes, two. they are. So, the films in the chronological order of which they released and take place within the MCU are Iron Man, the first Iron Man, the best Iron Man, <laughs> The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 3, the third Iron Man, the worst Iron Man. Bad boo. <laughs> Thor, the dark shit show. I mean, the dark world. <laughs> Captain America, the Winter Soldier. It's a good one. And Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Just because if Alex is listening to that episode, I really want to annoy him. <laughs> um, and I was happy though, with either as long as one of them was there. That's true. That, that, was, so, the, that was the deal. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you listeners can work out which three are which three. Well, you give uh, away for most of them. <laughs> that's true. Uh, but this week we're going to talk about two of them. Yes. Uh, which the, 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 these sections may or may not be split into two different parts that released on the Friday and the Monday. I don't know. I'll decide when I'm editing it. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about The Iron Man and then The Incredible Hulk. So uh, are we gonna just are we gonna have a depressing half of a podcast and then an uplifting half of a podcast? I don't know because I don't <laughs> think I can do. I don't, I'm not sure I'm capable of uplifting at the minute. <laughs> so I don't know how you want to do this. Do you want to talk about them each individually, or should we just talk about them at the same time and hope we come out with some decent content? Oh, uh, I suppose we should do them individually. As <laughs> f- films, a film is a film. Well, let's talk about the first one that turns ten years old this year. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Iron Man. Yes. The first Iron Man. Good opening. The film that salvaged Robert Downey Jr.'s career. The film that would launch 
a Joker the highest <laughs> grossing movie franchise in the history of movies. Yeah, well, none of them have 18 films, do they? <laughs> I don't think so. James Bond technically counts, yeah, well, I suppose. I, I suppose, yeah. Oh, shit, no, but we're catching up on that, because I think Bond's only got 25. Yeah, and so. they're not releasing three a year. <laughs> they're, they're shit, mate. They're not, they're not even fucking... Do you know what I mean? but, uh, They're not even trying, even, Alfred. I, they're I not didn't even trying. say words, then. But um, Iron Man, the first Iron Man, I remember watching that film in the cinema. Yeah. I remember seeing it. More specifically, I remember being in Tesco's. <laughs> this is really weird, but before the film came out, being in Tesco's with my mum, and we're walking down an aisle, and there's like all the magazines in that, and there was Entertainment Weekly, and on the cover was Robert Downey Jr., and he was all got his guns on show, because he'd been working out to be Iron Man, and he got the tank top on, the arc reactor in his chest, his funny moustache and goatee, and he was... It, he was holding the Iron Man helmet and uh, a hammer, like he was smithing the armour. And uh, I can remember saying, oh, no, Mum, it's Robert Downey Jr., because I knew my mum really loved Robert Downey Jr. And I remember her saying, ooh, I don't like him with all those muscles. <laughs> so there, that's one of my early memories of the Iron Man movie <laughs> from 10 years ago. Even more crazy is that I was like 11 or 12 when the first Iron Man came out. That scares me a little bit. Yeah, but I would have been... You have been like 13, 14? 14, yeah. Bloody hell. Oh, Adam, <laughs> we're old. <laughs> yes, indeed I am, Alfred. <laughs> yeah. An old man. I'm only a wee bit behind you. <laughs> I count in the oldness with you, don't worry. <laughs> we'll die together. But um, the, the long and short of this is, Iron Man's a good film, still holds up. 10 out of 10. Alright, not 10 out of 10, but you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, there's a couple of things with it, but... There's a few bits. The the but the one bit that really, I think... I think it's oh, a, it's an hang ed- on, before we get going, oh. absolute spoilers from oh, yeah. the start, because... <laughs> For this 10-year-old like film. <laughs> yeah, like I've just pointed out, if you haven't seen it by now, I mean, what are you even doing? Yeah. Yeah, spoilers, spoilers. But yeah, the, the bit that... I feel like there, there's something, there's a scene missing or just poor editing or or whatever that they've just not explained very well in the film. It's just, you know, it's right in the kind of, I would say, the, the transition from the second act to the third act. Where Go Tony, on. Tony Stark sends Pepper off to his office to copy oh, all of the, yeah. the cool files. Yeah. She's in the office, Obadiah Stane comes in, acts all creepy. Yeah, yeah, you know. And then she escapes, meets Agent Coulson, and says that they're going to have their the meeting of his life. Yeah. And then I can't. I've, I've only watched it the other day. I'm already. Forgetting. Oh, I know what you're on about. I know what you're on about. I know what you're on about. He goes to the arc reactor and complains to the scientists. No, that happens early. No, that happens early. Yeah, so he just turns up at. Tony's he just house, shows up at Tony's it, house the, in the middle of the, the night. The, and the stuff kills in him. the office was during the day. Yeah. And then Tony goes to answer the phone because Pepper's calling him and it's night time yeah. now. And then Obadiah Stane's just in his living room. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then he paralyzes him. Yeah. And I mean, steals his arc reactor. Yeah. It's one of those. It's a great scene. It works. It's a great scene. It's a great 
kind of way of, bloody intense. Yeah, it's 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 brilliant. It's very villain like. I love it, but there's a couple of hours missing <laughs> in, yeah. in the timeline of how did we get from day to night and Pepper didn't warn. I see what else another, <laughs> another another little. She didn't even send him a text or an email. Yeah, like she's she's probably got access to Jarvis remotely. Couldn't yeah. she told him? Yeah, she. It's one of those. If that's the first time she's called. She's a horrible assistant. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, though. Uh, aside from that, the film's pretty solid. Yeah, that, that's the Which only is thing that... wonderful, that given that I think, like, most of it was improvised. <laughs> yeah, it's the only bit of it where there's just... There's something missing that they mm. just... They could, I know what you mean. There's, I another, there's another scene in the middle there of... You know, it explains why Pepper hasn't fucking just phoned them straight away yeah. and informed them of the problem you know it's just it's just because then there's the other part of they go to arrest Obadiah's there <laughs> what are they doing <laughs> it's just yeah they just show up they're just like alright yeah so they've disappeared off the face of the earth apart from one badly timed phone call <laughs> and then reappear just in time for over this thing to jump in the the evils oh, you know they're probably having they're probably having one of those uh sexy shield parties because <laughs> they were like woo we got him yeah, yeah we're, we're getting a meeting Woo-hoo. yeah we got all this evidence to put this guy away oh, so i'm pretty yeah. sure yeah uh, over thing punches coulson with the iron man suit that he's no wearing. he doesn't iron monger iron, iron monger that's the one I couldn't remember. No, no, no. He he wipes out a couple of the agents, yeah. but Coulson is at the back of the 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 hangar with with <coughs> Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, Pepper Potts. Yeah, and then it blows up. He must be because he shows him. up in the other films. Yeah, no, it's just I just thought uh, maybe that was just another just little con- goof. Or something. Yeah, yeah. Con- continuity. Whoops, <laughs> just the, his placement and stuff because he he wipes out a few and then when he bursts out, it kind of there's an explosion behind them. Mm. You think. Presumably, Coulson would be dead. <laughs> um, That's fine. Yeah. But he's fine, it's fine. That's it's a wee fine, daft. Um, Not much problem with that. What else is going on in Iron Man? Yeah. It's just good, isn't it? Yeah. I, it's t- a great you know opening. What? I like the opening. Well, it's a fantastic opening. Yeah. Brilliant. But watching it again, I seriously think that the Iron Man suit has never looked better than in this film. Like, design-wise, I think it looks great. But then, literally, on the screen, uh, the combination of practical suit and visual effects, yeah. it looks fantastic. Yeah. And, like, when he, go, when he goes over to unnamed Middle East country and, you know, wipes out, that, that, that the tank shoots him out of the, the sky and he crashes and he climbs out of the crater. Like, he looks, it looks fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm like, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got some good moments. Yeah. Everything, everything else about it holds up. There's just that one... Like, there's that... But it, there's, there's like two minutes missing. <laughs> that it kind of... It, it has... It's got a big... The big problem that a couple of the Marvel films have, with the villains at least, is that it's just like the bad guys just suddenly goes crazy. No reason. Just, ah, oh, now I'm crazy and I'm going to kill you. Yeah. It starts in Iron Man. Happens again in 
Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Doctor Strange, Ant Man is the second worst offender though. With like, with like yellow jacket. Yeah. He just literally just he goes crazy, and like they they it's a throwaway line in Ant Man where it's like, oh, if you're exposed to the shrinking formula too much, it messes with your head. But. Yeah, I that, think that guy probably only used of, it once. Yeah, that, that's not enough of a thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not great, but yes, yeah, that's a bit annoying. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Iron Man's a good film. Yeah, it seemed like everyone was having a good time when they were making it. Yeah, so oh, the performances are really good. Yeah, everyone's well cast. I think for the everyone's most part. well. Yeah, the casting's really good. It's just weird seeing different roles. soundtracks. Pretty good. <laughs> oh, yeah. bloody Terence! What's his name? Terrence the madman. That's it. He's a nutter. Is he? He's in like in real in real life. He's fucking crazy. Is that why he wasn't retained um, for the the following? The I think follow-ups? it was a com- combination of his uh, extravagant personality, <laughs> you say, and also I think he he went into Iron Man two demanding fuck tons more money. Yeah. Like, and they so were just, like, just uh, like, "No, we'll just recast you." And he was like, "Oh no, you won't." And then they were like, "Oh look, here's Don Cheadle." <laughs> No, we won't. No. Yes, we fucking will. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, Get I'm glad out. they did because I much prefer Don Cheadle. Yeah. I think he's a better actor and I think he's a way better war machine. Yeah, it's one of those... Terrence Howard does a good job in Iron Man, but I don't it's see like, him yeah, doing so well in the the other two films. Yeah. It's you know funny, I mean? isn't it? I just don't picture him in... The war I know, I, yeah, I just yeah. I can't see it. I can't not see Don Cheadle. Yeah, I'm excited to see him in Infinity War. Yeah, I feel like we're missing some of the War Machine. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, man. The, the other pro- the only problem I have is when I look at Gwyneth Paltrow now, all I see is the the stories about Goop and how she's a oh, fuck, she's... fucking cunt. <laughs> oh yeah, she's <laughs> a bitch. She's a cow. Yeah. She's she's so disconnected from the real world. It scares me. Yeah, I follow the Facebook page. I fucking love science and Facebook mm-hmm. in there. And they every so often a story pops up about goop and the the latest crazy bullshit that they're claiming their crap yeah. does. And you think, how the fuck is that allowed? <laughs> Surely the advertising agencies and stuff should be fucking killing the shit out of that company <laughs> for of all the not. crap. <laughs> they're paying lots of money. I know. It's just one of those, that's when you go, all of our rules are crap. <laughs> when they can cut about claiming all of this crazy shit, and you're like, what the fuck is the world coming to? And then you realise it's much worse than just people peddling bullshit. <laughs> you get people actually killing one another and fucking crap. Uh-huh. Oh, sorry, I yawned. Sorry. I, w- I went to say, <laughs> So much uh-huh, for being positive. <laughs> well, it wasn't you, I'm just, I'm yeah. just quite tired. No, no, um, no. I just meant in general. I've taken a angrier oh, route there. I forgot, forgot to tell you about my essay that I wrote. Well, that's right. We can no, do it now. <laughs> should have talked about. Should have talked about it earlier. I'll talk about it next week. Um, because oh, I think you'll quite like it. Mm. But uh, yeah, Iron Man's good. Yeah, no, it definitely holds up, which is it, good going. And even the I CGI holds up pretty well. CGI holds up. Yes, yeah, you know what? Even all the fictitious technology holds up. Yeah, and like the phones don't. The phone, none of the phones do. All of the the fun LG, weird like slidey uppy. The weird. Yeah, it turns into a T. 
<laughs> yeah, it does, <laughs> doesn't it? It's such a weird turns phone. The, the screen room, you're like, why the fuck would you do that? <laughs> For widescreen, isn't it? <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, so those bits don't. Uh, of course, the greatest signifier of the fact that Tony Stark is a very well-off geezer are his sunglasses. <laughs> and the sunglasses in 2008's Iron Man are very much out of date at this point. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's a fashion faux pas, really. <laughs> I suppose we'll stick him in some Ray Bans or some aviators and be done with it. <laughs> it's like they's, they never go out of fashion. Uh, I suppose we'll have to forgive them because it was 2008 and it was a different time, Alfred. No, to be honest, I feel like they work quite well for him. Yeah. But, um, no, it's solid. Yeah, um, it works well. I enjoyed it. Unlike it's a good film. <laughs> I think people are probably going to be saying, oh, this, this isn't a lot of time spent talking about Iron Man, but I think it's because we both want to bitch about the Hulk. <laughs> it's the elephant in the room. The, the, the Hulk I think, in the room. Because <laughs> I think the problem is, is we'd probably say more about Iron Man, but we've got nothing new to say about that film. It's a good film. It holds yeah, up. Soundtrack's good. CGI's Sound, good. Yeah. The story, the good. motivations, the everything good. matches up. It's all sensible enough yeah. in that sense. It's, it's pretty solid. Yeah. Can't really complain. Uh, <laughs> nah, I enjoy but, watching um, it. <laughs> yeah, it's just I don't know, but I think the, uh, you know what doesn't help. We both watched The Incredible Hulk. You know, today. Yeah, today, just before we recorded. Uh, I've, I've, I nearly turned it off a couple of times. Hour, after I finished watching it, and you yeah. watched that wee bit earlier than that, so it's not been that long. <laughs> so no wonder we're both going, "Oh fuck that film!" <laughs> it's, it's extra fresh in your mind. I finished watching it about maybe two hours ago now. Yeah, just oh. before I had some food. But um, oh, just oh god. This is the thing. I the the first act of the Incredible Hulk. I think is a very good Hulk film. Like him, he's in, he's in, he's in, he's in Brazil, and he's hiding out. He's laying low. He's trying to find a cure. Yeah. It, All that stuff's really good. We, we talk about the superhero films needing to tackle more genres. Mm. This tackles, you know, it's a fugitive, ru- fugitive thing, yeah. and it, you know, it's a spy thriller kind of. Well, not spy thriller. Oh fuck! Shut oh, up, Adam. You can't even do the words. Words mate. right, you numpty. <laughs> <Fuck> <laughs> Uh, it's a fugitive thing, you know, the yeah. first act and stuff like that. It, it, that does work, sort of, but I don't know. It opens with that, that montage of how he becomes the Hulk. Yeah. But it doesn't, there's not enough in that for you to connect to the character at all. If, it's one of the, if you were to yeah, go in from that blank slate, you've never heard of The Incredible Hulk or who Bruce Banner is, and you've just gone to see Oh a yeah, it's awful, film, terrible film. And you go, who the fuck is that guy? What is he, what monster has he become? Why do I give a shit about him? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. I think the thing is, you watched it through that lens. I've watched it through the lens of the fact that we've seen this Bruce Banner story since then. Yeah. I, I, and I... I do you know how miserable I am because of that film? <laughs> I didn't even make my joke about how Mark Ruffalo looks really weird in it. Yeah, he looks awfully like Edward Norton. It does, doesn't he? <laughs> Do you know what? Fair play to Edward Norton because his performance in it is very good. Yeah, that's, that's 
I think that's what annoys me most about it. Is all the performances from the actors and everything is fine. It all, you know, everything about think... it kind of works, but for yeah. some reason you put it together as a film and you think, this is a hateful pile of shit. Yeah, <laughs> the thing is, it's not even like it's that bad. Like, I was watching it thinking, because I, I was watching it, and while I was watching it I was thinking, I remember this being worse. Like, I remember it being fucking yeah. dreadful. But it's not. It's just kind of tedious. It's yeah, a bit. It... It's too long. Like I, th- I think it, they could have cut twenty minutes out of it. Yeah, and then and it's just kind of, it's just kind of boring. It's, that's that's the worst problem with it. It's just kind of dull. But because like for the most part, it's like you say, like you kind of look at, at the individual bits and you think, oh, no, that's all right. Because they, they mix the fugitive bad. stuff with a bit of kind of horror-y things, like yeah. the, the scene in the the bottle implant where the the soldier oh, guys are, yeah. are chasing him about and stuff. And then he turns into the Hulk and then wrecks shot. Yeah, it's a great scene. It's one of those, they're working with, you know, presumably their budgetary constraints on mm. their making the CGI Hulk. So they, yeah. they shroud them in shadows and stuff to make them not obvious that the CGI well, is bollocks for that bit and stuff. So it's cheaper. Because when well. I was watching it, I was thinking, oh man, it's a shame about the CG. And then I remembered, because I, I was a bit confused, cause I was like, oh, the CG in Iron Man was so good. And then I remembered that the Incredible Hulk wasn't done by Paramount, it was done by Universal, because they've got the rights to the Hulk. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, yeah, that's why the Hulk looks like garbage in this film. About the Hulk. <laughs> I take it Universal don't have good CGI people? What? No, I think the thing is is that just at the time, 2008-ish, they just... The, what, you know, CGI you back then, yeah. it just wasn't that good. Yeah. See it? Because um, I think, if, you know stuff they've done since is all good but i i was thinking i would love it if and i don't know why but i thought wouldn't it be interesting if maybe marvel found a way for them to go back on this film and remaster the visual effects and maybe put in like ruffalo's hulk in the place of the weird not even edward norton looking hulk we get in this (laughs) yeah he's just Um, suspiciously long hair as the hulk he does doesn't it like even after he has a haircut yeah. And that's clearly that's clearly that they did. Oh, he has a haircut, but they're like the guy, the, the CG, the visual effects team were like, we've only got one Hulk model, yeah. So we can't change his hair. Why not? Because it will cost us ten million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're just gonna have to put up with it, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Hulk looks weird, isn't it? I mean, it's not even that the CG is bad because there's times where it's pretty good, like that the bottle plant scene. Yeah, looks pretty good the, in the dark. It doesn't look bad, but literally. The the muscles and his skin looks weird. Yeah, like he looks like the the modelling's off and the textures off. Peculiar. Yeah, it's just a, it's, it's one of those. He looks like he's made out of like some sort of like play doh yeah. or something. Yeah, <laughs> like a children's toy type. Yeah. kind of material that they make shit out of. It just it just doesn't look right at all. It doesn't look like a real thing, which is kind of the point. When yeah. CGI, yeah, it's obviously going to be CGI, so it's not real, but it's supposed to look close enough to being a well, real I mean, thing that you would you you can make that kind of leap that you you suspend your disbelief and you make that leaping buy into it. Say mm. yes, he's actually there. If you had to think about it, of course he's not fucking there. He's just a CGI fucking thing. But you know, you know what does look good on the CG stuff is the transformation bits we see 
Yeah. Like when he's strapped to the chair in Act Three. Yeah. Uh, like that looks fantastic. CG there is really good, but it's just the Hulk itself, and the, the Abomination looks like garbage. What a waste of Tim Roth. Yeah. Um, I think that's the biggest upset for me. Yeah, because uh, there's quite, quite yeah. a few good actors and stuff. Edward Norton's a, a great actor. Really. Liv Tyler's alright. Yeah. She does a sad, pouty face through yeah. most of it. Uh, um, there's a lot of it. It just doesn't. It just doesn't work. It's a complete I, I, package. It just doesn't work. I don't know why it doesn't work. I think because it sets off on the wrong foot from the start. With the there's, there's no reason for you to buy into the character at all, apart from. The baggage you bring, i.e., you know he's Bruce Banner yeah. and he is the Hulk. So you've got an immediate connection to him that if you were to take it as a... If you imagine yourself as a blank slate and you don't know anything about him, you go, who the fuck is he? <laughs> like, why do I care? Why is he running away from the government? <laughs> you know, why is he wrecking uh, up the fucking place and being a danger to everyone instead of I think, doing I, something I think, like I think they established that within dialogue yeah they do uh, with thunderbolt ross just, and stuff it just it i uh, they, they established that eventually but just initially mm. you go just why why is any of it happening why <laughs> they don't i think i might watch civil war tonight <laughs> yeah they just uh, it just it just doesn't work no it's one of those, the pieces are all there but it just it doesn't make a puzzle <laughs> it doesn't oh, make a pretty I'm picture <laughs> You'll be sad thinking about it again. <laughs> Bad film. Weird ending scene with Tony Stark coming up to Thunderbolt Ross in the bar. And he's like, oh, we're putting together a team. And it's like, what is that? And that never went anywhere. Well, that's, um, that's the, 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 they become the Avengers. That's the team. Well, 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 no, well. they don't. Because what the implication of that is that Tony Stark is in there talking about how he's going to put together the Hulkbuster team. Which is a team from the comics. Yeah. The, um, oh, that's that that's the implication rather yeah. than he's going to recruit Hulk to be in his team. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because, like, as we know in, uh, what was it, Iron Man 2, we, f- we, we find out that fucking Nick Fury tells Tony Stark, we even hear it at the start of the Avengers, it's like, Tony, Tony, you're too reckless to be in the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, he's not even in the Avengers. Yeah. Um, Oh, that 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 post credit scene from Iron Man as well. Recent revelation made is that the entire end credit scene with Nick Fury coming to Tony Stark was j- just done as a lark by the director. John Favreau was just like, "Oh, wouldn't this be fun?" <laughs> Phones up his mate Sam Jackson. Do you want to come wear an eye patch for like five minutes? <laughs> and it's like that one little thing where it's just like, "Yeah, hey, this will be a fun little yeah, whatever little fun bit bit of fun." Bam! <laughs> that, Ten years that, later, that's, that's created the whole thing. <laughs> yep, that's, oh, that's a foundation man. stone of the whole cinematic universe. It is. And it, it was, was just, just done for a laugh. <laughs> it's just like, eh. oh, brilliant! That's yeah. quite funny. You know, in fact, the the thing that I find strangest about the ending is the very last thing you see when everyone you know, he's turning. Oh, he's meditating, Hulk, and then. Yeah. He smiles. Ah, yeah, no. The whole film's been about no, 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 no. I know, I know, I know. But, but, and I worked this out, and this is fucking big props to Joss Whedon on this one. 
But I realised watching that scene, because I remember that scene from when I first watched it, and I was like, same as you going, huh? But when you watch it back with the the knowledge of that character's arc later in the universe, you realise that's not... He's smiling because he's got the control. That's him engaging in his anger. That is the start point of that now infamous line, I'm always angry. Yeah. That's him finding the secret. And I only just realised that watching it here. I was like, oh. Yeah. And, And it's like, that's fair play. Joss Whedon, who I'm assuming probably picked up on that or whoever wrote that into the Avengers. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. No, I I can see that, but it just it doesn't come across that way with where the cut and stuff is. No. Because it no. just looks like it's just cut before he finishes his transformation and mm. turns into the Hulk and wrecks the place again. <laughs> Because yeah, it, it even fine. says, you know, days without incident and it goes back to zero again from yeah. whatever number it is, which suggests that he goes nuts. As, I'm as thinking... Again. I think that's just a... Well, no, because, I mean, the incident isn't even meaning that something big happens, it just means he becomes the Hulk. Yeah. That, just... that you know, but um, I think the, the, the implication you could maybe theorise from, from the setting that he's out in the wilderness in a little hut, that maybe he lets the Hulk loose out there to try you know or or I don't know who gives a fuck it's a bad film we don't have to think about it <laughs> it's fine we're yeah. done we, we, we've we had good Hulk stuff since then so it's fine yeah, yeah well he's brilliant in Ragnarok the Hulk only works in the Hulk does only work as a as a B player in the films I don't think yeah as much as I as much as I I love Mark Ruffalo. He's a great actor, and I think he's a great Bruce Banner. But I, just, I don't want to see a solo film. Yeah, I, I can't think. There's nothing that comes to mind that makes me want a story mm. with him. I don't. It would take. It would be a hell of a pitch from a, someone that came up with something to actually change my mind on it. Yeah. Yeah, cause wouldn't it be interesting because the abomination isn't killed at the end of this film yeah well, wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be interesting if we just out of the fucking blue the abomination shows up in infinity war <laughs> what a twist that would be what a mad throwback yeah, just to get if just all of a sudden by thanos or something <laughs> no 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 thanos recruits yeah. you know what i mean no that won't happen but no. that would be i think it would be You'll interesting be to see <laughs> Yeah, I know. But it would be interesting to see that character make a return just as a B player in the background as someone to go toe-to-toe with the Hulk. Yeah. You would almost um, have expected... Because they've had stuff like... Yeah, their, their prisons and stuff. You could almost have had Tim Roth wandering about in a cell somewhere just as a wee nod. No. Yeah. You can't because the thing with the Abomination is he's stuck as the Abomination. Oh, right. Oh. Yeah. He is permanently big. Oh, well, then you could just have had that roaming about yeah. in the background then. Yeah, okay, it could have yeah. been interesting. If, if he can't turn back. Because at least then you don't need to pay Tim Roth to do it. <laughs> that's, that's true. You literally just have to get voice actor. You just CGI it in and yeah. have someone go, Bleh! in the fucking thing. Yeah. Uh, I do, stuff. and then again, I like uh, the, the, the fight in Harlem. It's kind of janky and clunky and bad CGI. But again, it's that kind of retrospectively after the Avengers. I'm like, no, yeah. Because it's, you know, oh, why didn't you like New York? Uh, the last time I was here, I broke Harlem. 
<laughs> I want to watch the Avengers again. Yeah, it's oh. not on the list, but if you want extracurricular activities, you oh, can watch it. Maybe I will. Yeah, I was thinking I might watch Iron Man two before I watch Iron Man three. I feel I have a feeling that by the time we get through all this, we're going to have just watched all the films again. <laughs> No, I probably won't. I was just wondering if maybe I should to refresh my memory. Is it, I don't know. Does it cause lead in? Not, no, it's because Avengers three, leads into three isn't yeah, it? Avengers leads into Iron Man three. Yeah, I might. Yeah. Yeah. But I, Iron Man three is so crap. <laughs> but is it worse than the Incredible Hulk? No, it's probably just as bad. Uh, well, I guess it's the listeners will have to find bad. out. Next week, we <laughs> <I> will. <laughs> when we talk about it, <laughs> I think this this might be one of the shortest podcasts we ever do. I might not even have to break it into two parts. Yeah, we, there's more to talk about. We can talk. What, is the, what else are we can talk about? Uh, there's a new thing being announced at GTC. Uh, initiative from all the games companies. There are thirty of them about tackling toxicity in gaming. Another positive. No, subject. fuck it. Don't give a shit. <laughs> Fair play you heard us too on this podcast. We are the toxicity. <laughs> nah, we're too funny for that. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to be oh. the shortest podcast because you're so miserable. <laughs> I'm so miserable. I'm so tired. Yeah. I my 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 immensely late night rewriting an essay last night has caught up to me. I fear. Do you want to tell me about your essay? I tell you, I will tell you about my essay. I'll yeah. tell you a little bit about it. I wrote about um, Doctor Who, unsurprisingly. <laughs> this is for television studies. I wrote about um, how back in 2000, well, technically 2003 when they started the production work on the relaunch of Doctor Who. But in 2005, how the BBC used class as a commodity to successfully reach and acquire new audiences with the show. Uh, which, to put it in plain speak, is they gave the Doctor a Northern accent and gave him a well-working-class companion to appeal to the working-class families that would watch the show yeah. instead of the traditionally offensively middle and upper-class stereotypes and, and influences that we saw in the classic series of the show. Yeah. Um, And I basically just talked about how they... I, I talked about how they did that for a while and then wasn't long until we were back to what we had before, back through the 60s and 80s, um, with our eccentric gentleman who dashes about in his tweed and says funny things and is high and mighty all above everybody else. And the companions probably don't even know what a microwave is. Uh, (laughs) It's a really weird thing to say. I don't put that in my essay, but... I thought I'd say that for funnies. But, um. It is funny. I don't know if it's true, but it's funny. <laughs> it's probably not true. Probably completely off base, but yeah, it's funny. But yeah, no, that's, that's what I talked about. I talked about how they, they, you know, we get Chris Eccleston and he's wearing a leather jacket and his jeans and the big combat boots and got his Salford accent and Billy Piper's playing Rose and she's just a nice girl from sort of she's from Brixton or something from like North East London you know and it's just sort of that that in an aid to I think I wrote because I talked about how I, th- I think part of it is that it's Russell T Davis 
is good at writing those characters. Yeah. And that Chris Eccleston is good at playing that kind of character, that kind of damaged, uh, broken man um, that the Ninth Doctor most definitely is. Uh, and I think, yeah, that, yeah, like I say, Rusty Davis was just good at writing that kind of stuff, that very grounded, very, you know, very kind of working class people. All of his stories are. But then I, it's sort of, it's a very quick change. Because when David Tennant came into the show, it was like, you know, alright, it was wrinkled, but he was wearing a suit. And he got his nice coat on. Yeah, whatever. But, but, all of a sudden it's like you had this Scottish actor and he's got that, you know, that very nice, posh, you know, uh, recessed pronunciation, southern English accent again. It's like, what is it they call it? Is it like a theatre accent? Is that sort what, of, is yeah. That, is that what they yeah. call it? But, you know, he's just this very well-spoken English man yeah. again. And he's a bit funny and he's a bit clownish and blah, blah, blah. And then, and then kind of his companions, kind of you move away from that working class vibe. It's still there, you know, but like with Martha, she, there's all those hints of kind of the middle class. She's black, okay, cool. First black companion, awesome. Big thumbs up from me. You know, um, I think big thumbs up for most people. About bloody time. Yeah. But she's a medical student, very middle class. Yeah. Um, and then kind of Donna reverts back to that working class route. She's living at home with her parents. She's not very well educated. Yeah, but the problem there is, call center, isn't it? Is call she's center? a temp. Yeah. She's Chiswick's best temp. Yeah. <laughs> um. But it's sort of, but she kind of feels a little bit stereotyped to some degree. And then when Davis left the show and Moffat came on, it all got thrown out the window and we ended up right back where we started back in the day with this very middle class, clownish, eccentric gentleman type running about in his tweed with his companions who lived, his bow tie, yeah, big, very key, the bow tie. Running about with his companions who lived in a big, nice Victorian house in the middle of the countryside. You know, and it's just like, oh, and it's it's a very gradual thing, but it's a clear-cut thing. And it's that, you know, I talk about how the BBC, they use class as a commodity because they got in, they got in me. You know, I'm a working-class boy when I was watching Doctor Who. Yeah. You know, from a working-class family, and it's like, and I identified with that kind of stuff that was shown in in this in in the in the first couple seasons, and I, yeah, it, it's funny yeah. actually. It's not till you point it out like that and you think about it, and you think, oh yeah, Ducky is well it, middle class. Yeah, there's a there is a clear shift. Yeah. yeah, and then it's kind of it's it, um, you know, and with Peter Capaldi, there was kind of this 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 impression that he's not. If you know what I mean, there's there's this impr- like he's he's got his Doc Martens on, you know. It's like that. Oh, you 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 gentle, you British, you English gentleman wouldn't wear Doc Martens, but they're two hundred quid boots, and he's got his nice skinny tweed trousers, and then he's wearing a three hundred fifty quid Crombie, and it's just like it's it's the idea of the mod. And punk influence, but it's very expensive. Yeah, and then and then it's like, oh, yeah, people, oh he's Scottish. Yeah, but he's a very nicely spoken Scot. <laughs> yeah. You know, 
just in the sense that Peter Capaldi has a, he's got a very unique accent as it goes. But like you watch it, it's like you know he's Scottish, but he doesn't sound Scottish in a weird way. How do Certain... I sound? <laughs> hmm? How do I sound? Well, you sound Scottish. <laughs> Would you believe I dial it back for your benefit? And the listeners' I wish... benefit. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to. I'm fluent in Scott. <laughs> but, um... You know what I mean? I just... I know, yeah. But, uh... Make sure I'm understandable. Of course. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and it's kind of that, that kind of thing... And I think from what, I've, what I kind of hinted towards what we might be getting in Series 11, given the kind of who's been cast and the set pictures and videos that have leaked out into the world. And I think they might be, ang- like Chris Chibnall might be angling back towards that kind of working class vibe. Um, but yeah, I just, yeah, I just talked about that a bit and yeah, I thought maybe. I'm interested that'll... to see if your prediction about that's right. Maybe. If, I don't know. I'll send you the. Uh, the the article that kind of initiated all this thinking, um, the basis for this article, uh, the, the essay that I wrote, because yeah. I think it's quite an interesting read. Oh, I look forward to it. Reaching. Yeah, there you go. That's what I've been doing. I've been doing uni stuff and trying to stay awake. <laughs> and trying not to pull your hair out, I imagine, yeah. with your current disaster. Mm. <laughs> I don't think there's any other way of putting it. No. See, I'm moving in a in summer, yes, yeah? cool. <laughs> I'm so tired. Oh dear. Oh, oh I don't need You've you've picked the worst imaginable time when you're coming up on your kind of end of year stuff that you got to do, exams and things. Mm-hmm. I have no exams. No, I don't have to worry about your that. De- deadlines and stuff, and your finishing well, I've, and all the rest. I of now it. enter the Easter break. I have two weeks, and I'm going to do my bloody darndest to get ahead of everything that has to be handed in. I Deadline. hope to, f- well, I hope to finish this Easter break and have at least drafts of the essays that have to be handed in. Yeah. Um, at least my, the bulk of my design work done. And hopefully, and I bloody well hope so, the two presentations that Alex and I have to give should be completed and ready to be presented because we have to do that the first week back. So yeah, well, that, that was definitely need to be done then, don't they? Yeah. yeah. But in the meantime, I'm going to go watch loads of Marvel films. Because <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> hey, well, the, you know, Avengers and that will cheer you up. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Oh, I feel bad because I can't help. <laughs> I can't it's fine. <laughs> I feel like I can't cheer you up, Alfred. What's the world coming to? Uh, Don't know. It's bad. That's what it is. It's coming to a bad place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we didn't talk about the Deadpool 2 trailer. Oh, I haven't even watched it. It's fine. Do you, do you wish me to watch it? Not really. You're not missing anything. <laughs> I I don't think I'm even going to bother. What, are you going to see it? I just can't be fucked with it. I just... I'm thinking about it, and I'm just like, you know what? One was enough. 
fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'm, I'll tell you why else I'm sad. Go on. I finished Ugly Betty. <laughs> all of it? Or just the all one season? It. No, all four seasons. Oh, dear. I'm sad because I really enjoyed my time with that show. I think it's a really good show. It might be, might be one of my favourite like American sitcoms. It's not even a sitcom, it's just a comedy. But I, I very much enjoyed my time with it, and I'm sad that I can't go back to it, because it's got a very... Well, the ending's ambiguous. Oi, don't yawn at me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the ending's you started bit... that, mate. <laughs> I don't know. The, en- the ending's a bit um, ambiguous, but the arc is quite tight, so it's not really... You can't really just go back and dip into it. Yeah. So, which makes me sad. So you just sad. have to start again? I might do. I'm, I'll probably come back around to it at some point. Oh, uh, well. You needing other comedies and stuff to chew up? Netflix. They won't. They never will be able to. <laughs> Unless they come round to make your dad move out. <laughs> Fuck, I hope so. Uh, That'd be good. Oh... Oh, I was going to recommend Brooklyn Nine-Nine if you've not watched it. I've already watched it all. Of course you have, because it's great. <sighs> yeah, it's pretty good. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad because I have a couple of other friends who really love it, and I I enjoy the show, but I I think it's very funny. I do I do really enjoy it, but I just the I think the problem is is I've always watched it as a background show. So like they'll quote things at me, and I'll be like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. You, <sighs> Yeah, I know what you mean. It, it's perfect for that as yeah. well. It is. It, it, one of the things that makes it so good is that it works on those two levels. Yeah, you can either like jump right in and pick up every detail and quote away at stuff that's hilarious, or you can stick it on in the background and it'll amuse you every time you look at it mm. while you're doing something else. It, it works on those both levels, and you don't feel like you miss out doing either. Which is it's a rare thing for the comedies and that to be good at that. Unless you watch them 50 million times. I'm hungry. Yeah, I feel like we're petering out. <laughs> Again, yeah. yeah. So we don't need to keep going if you're. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Adam, I'm sorry. Ah, oh, sorry. Do you want to edit this one? You might be able to give it some pep. <laughs> well, I just put a wee funky bass tune underneath it or something. Fuck yes, do it. <laughs> Make it sound a wee bit less depressed. <laughs> oh dear. I can edit it if you want. That would be nice. Because yeah, like also, I, I currently don't have my audio editing software installed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because you get to reinstall <sighs> fucking Yeah. Windows. Such a pain in the ass. Yeah, especially <sighs> if you can't fucking. I know what I want to talk about. Well. PUBG. Yes. What about I it? played it on my phone. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that you can. You can do that now. It's pretty good. Does it work alright? Right? The controls and Yeah, stuff? it's not bad. It's not bad, yeah. Very playable. I came second. Good. 
I was really fucked off because I should have won, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah, second place, the first of the losers. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's where you put your fade out. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, send us emails to rattleonpod at gmail.com, tweet us at rattleonpod, tell your friends, leave us a review, and until next time, goodbye.